Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts today, Aaron Schneider. And I'm Angie Fryermuth. Today we have Brian Temple and Mark Hainsey to talk with us about knowledge management. So before we get into knowledge management and what that means for the Corps of Engineers, could you guys both tell us about yourselves and really how you got to your role within the Corps? So again, my name is Mark Hainsey. I am the uh, Chief Knowledge Officer for uh, Headquarters Corps of Engineers. I'm the National Program Manager responsible for the Enterprise Knowledge Management Program uh, across UCITES. I've been with the Corps of Engineers for about 35, 36 years. Uh, I've been with the knowledge management, working within the knowledge management discipline for about seven years now. You know, this is something that I fell into. I worked for their R&D directorate. And R&D, back in the early days, uh, had responsibility for knowledge management from a leadership standpoint. And since I was working for that organization, uh, I was tapped uh, for this position. And again, I've been working in uh, in knowledge management across this discipline for about seven years now. Hey everybody, Brian Temple here. Greetings to you both. Thank you so much for the opportunity to join you today. So about me, you know, similar to Mark, there's some longevity. I've this year marks my 30th year in service to the U.S. Army. 20 of those have been with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, SAON. Spent about 25 years in the communication and strategy and public affairs arena. And I'm now serving at the North Atlantic Division as the Knowledge Management Officer. I'm going to mention this right quick because I feel it's important to this particular discussion. I'm certified through the Army's Knowledge Management Qualification course. And incidentally, I've got to tell you, that was one of the best courses in my Army career. Martin Fries and his entire team out for Leavenworth do an incredible job with new CAM professionals. And also, I'm an industry, quote-unquote, certified knowledge manager. Well, we are excited to have both of you here today to talk about knowledge management. When you just say the words knowledge management, the breadth and depth of it is huge, right? And so we would like to just narrow it in a little bit and tell us what exactly is knowledge management within the Corps of Engineers. So, Mark, we'll go with you first. Thanks, Angie. So, from my perspective, knowledge management, it's a discipline. You know, it's a discipline whereby an organization creates, shares, uses and manages knowledge and information, and in the case of USAs, to effectively execute our programs and projects. Uh, so it's an enabler. And it came in a very way, cliche way of looking at this, and we do this all the time, but, but it's fairly simplistic. You know, CAM is, is also getting the right information to the right people at the right time in order to create a positive outcome. You know, so Fairly simplistic, but in the greater scheme of things, if we can do that uh, within this discipline, we consider it a success. Thanks, Mark, for that. That's That was resonating strongly with me. I was sort of in the same space. And here's something that struck me just this week. I sat in a presentation on Wednesday with the Public Affairs Community of Practice, and uh, an old friend of mine, Dr. Michelle Haig of the Texas State University, presented on how to combat misinformation in a world of information overload. And the focus was on research and poll data on, you know, perceptions of misinformation in media. But when I view that concept through the CAM lens set, it reinforced my perception that we are constantly deluged with information. 
So there's always that need to sort of sort through what information is accurate and, and what information is valued. And then there's that piece of how we capture key information and turn it into active knowledge. That was sort of like a real world example of when I was listening to, you know, a different cop. I, I participate in different cops to broaden my horizons, but it, it was really um, a good point for me that it's that level of discipline and action that Mark was talking about. Leverage these processes to achieve that aim. So if I could just add one more point on this, and, and uh, you know, one of the things that I didn't mention, you know, and it's kind of to, to pile on, one of the critical pieces of knowledge management we, we, we constantly have to be aware of is context. You know, we get knowledge and information from many, many different uh, places about many, many different things. But in order really for it to be an enabler, you know, we've got to be able to figure out how to use it in the of what we're looking to accomplish. And so context is very, very important. Yeah, I think that makes a great point. And, you know, looking at knowledge management, uh, the need to have the right information to the right people at the right time is seems like that, that makes a lot of sense. In the Corps of Engineers, it seems like it's a challenge to do so, being that we're such a big and broad organization. In my past work as a project manager, I remember we put a lot of effort into lessons learned and documenting the process and what we did. But when you were trying to do something new or something you've never done before, it was always a challenge to be like, hey, where do we go to find this? So even though I know the core had those lessons somewhere, somebody has done this before, it was really hard to find it. So can you talk about some of the challenges that you see within knowledge management and how you're addressing those as it pertains to actually sharing that relevant information or that right information at the right time to the people? Uh, let me build, Aaron, on, on one of the comments you made about the, the sheer magnitude of information. USACE has about 200 or, or so years of information that we have all over the place. And, and, and really, for us, the challenge becomes, how do we get our hands onto that in, on that information? All of it critical, uh, or a lot of it critical, a lot of it still relevant. You know, how can we get our hands on that work? How can we find it? and really get it to the point where we can use it and, and make a difference. And so that's really part of the knowledge management challenge that, uh, that we have is coming up with the tools and the processes and, and, and really the ways of doing business to where we can get that information and get it where it needs to go in order to create lasting value. So to add what, what Mark was saying, I mean, the, the concepts and the systems and the tools are out there. They are obtainable. They are, we can leverage them. But again, going back to my own you know, background in, in communication and public affairs, there's an equal balance in, in governance, communication, change management, behavioral change. Because the, the American Productivity and Quality Center which is something that I leverage religiously, and thanks to Mark for you know basically pointing me that direction. There's 12 CAM elements, and they're all pertinent all at the same time. Simultaneously, you know, you've got to pay attention to content management, tools and systems, information management. And then on the other side, and not not it's a balanced spectrum, but on the other side, you've got change management, communication, governance, so forth. So it's it's all about change management and and cultural change and behavior change all of that is a part to getting people to the point of adoption of systems tools architectures etc 
Thank you for that, Brian. And you're right. There, there are so many things that go into knowledge management and what does success look like? And I think that that's something that needs to be defined by the organization and then the organization needs to move forward with that. So what is successful knowledge management within the core and what does it take to get there? So Angie, I, I think success can be viewed as if we're able to, to make changes to our culture, you know, and this, and this really dovetails into what Brian just said, if we're able to change the culture and change folks' behavior about how they look at and use information, and really people have the opportunity to, to take advantage of a great deal of information we have available. You know, if we can change their, their really their, their way of, of thinking about how to get information to where it needs to go, and, and how to apply that information to actually making positive changes. You know, I think we would can certainly consider that uh, at least uh, in part a success. You know, we're an engineering organization. We look at things very cut and dry, very black and white, ones and zeros, you know, however, you know, whatever cliche you want to use to be able to describe that. But, you know, managing our information and using our information is, is more than just putting information into a computer and expecting something to come out the other end that, that you can use. Uh, and I think that's where we get to the culture and behavioral changes because it's about the people uh, and it's about how people think about their jobs and how they're gonna use information. So, so from my perspective, if we can get folks thinking a bit differently about how they use their information and why they're using their information and for what, I would certainly consider that to be a successful component of what we're trying to accomplish. Spot on, Mark. I got something that just sort of came to mind, and this is this is at the 30,000-foot level. This is just sort of an overarching anecdote, which I think is, is, is just sort of comparable or, you know, to where we are. So when I was 16, my father and I were working on my very first car. I, I owned this 1964 Volkswagen 1500 series. It was a collector's item, but it was also a dual carbureted paint in the rear. I mean, literally, the engine was in the rear of the car, and it was just this odd thing to work on. So one day, my dad and I were working the engine, and he slammed a wrench on the workbench, and he uttered a few expletives of his choice. And then he says, you never find the time to do something right, but you always find the time to do it over. Do it right the first time. And that completely stuck with me. If we can get things right on the first go, it will save so much time and effort. And that's to say, you know, to go back to some of your points, the inevitable aim is to leverage CAM processes, tools, methods, et cetera. And then that part you said, I think you said it's about the people. And it is, it's about building key relationships in order to generate organic growth. So if you think passion, mutual interest, support to each other with the aim of getting projects delivered quicker and cheaper. Yeah, now you're you're talking my language for sure. Get, getting projects delivered quicker and cheaper, you know, goes to innovation. But it, it's also understanding the the process and, and how things happened before and where you had success and failures. So, uh, would you be able to tell us really about some good successes or opportunities that the organization has had in, in knowledge management to give our listeners an example of what they should keep an eye out for? You know, I think back to a, really a, a critical success story. Um, and I'm going to reach back down to our Southwest division for this one. Back in 2015, 
Southwestern was involved in a, a really major flood fight down there. You know, they had their hands full with one of their critical missions, and you know, that being flood fight. They had tons of information flowing in. They had folks working round the clock to try to, to, to pull this information together, you know, make sense of it. But they also had to deal with the public. And they had to deal with folks that were were literally asking questions about what's going to happen next. What, you know, what does success here look like uh, as far as, you know, getting our a handle around, you know, this flood fight, fight process. And so from a knowledge management standpoint, a success story down there certainly was the ability to take, you know, their tools, their knowledge management tools, things like SharePoint, things like Wiki, you know, their collaboration abilities to take those tools and streamline their flood fight. And, and a really a good example of how they did that was they were getting, you know, roughly, I think it was the number is like 600 plus inquiries a day about just information that people were looking for to either do their job or to understand what was happening, you know? And so they used these tools to enable themselves to, to really put information out to the community. And so they're, the amount of time that they were spending answering inquiries dropped from 600 a day to single digits uh, because they made their information available through their tools, their processes, and just streamlining how they dealt with information. And it's really a, a shining example of how to apply knowledge management successfully to a critical mission to make information available. So, Aaron, I've I've got a few here that I just sort of quickly inventoried. How much time do I have? <laughs> we, so, we got so, enough time to to hear a few examples. All right, very very good. I um some of them are a little complex, some of them are simple, but uh, I will say this on the front end: any success is a team effort, and any growth is generated by those I get the privilege to support in my region. There are some really passionate professionals that make all the difference in the space. That's that's the key. And again, I'm not necessarily leveraging that, you know, liberal arts part of me. It just is what it is. There's, there's, at the end of all of this, there are people involved, uh, and the organic growth and, and people wanting to make a difference is, is what is what the um, is what's so key. So, just a few examples. At NAD, we've got annual command guidance. It's it's published every fiscal year, and this is formal guidance with the CAM Regional Program Delivery Framework. That's been sanctioned for the past several years. So, so basically, what are we requiring? That district KMRs have the requirement to attend the Army's CAM qualification course, as well as obtaining industry certifications. So that has been really good return on our investment because the region now has four Army-trained CAM professionals, three of which also have industry credentials. Also, one of my associates here at NAD has two industry certifications. So. This expertise enables the KM folks to leverage Army and industry tools and methods with some level of discipline. And that's important to me because we can pull from the same playbook, we can talk the same language, you know, we, we can get together and help each other look through a lens set to, to solve things quicker. Also in our command guidance, we've got district KMRs required to have properly individual development plans, which is, you know, a basic key practice. And the KMRs are required to develop and annotate two district CAM initiatives with the uh, district commanders updating their status during our quarterly regional command councils. 
that's one example. And then, then I've got just two others, if you don't mind. Uh, tools related, we've got the KM assessments. We've completed uh, American Productivity and Quality Center assessments, which, which is key. We've done that regionally, sort of know what, where we look at ourselves on a regional level and we know where we are. So we recently completed one of the Army assessments to identify knowledge and performance gaps in the operation of our joint ELDP and RMB. So basically the, the assessment identified seven knowledge and or performance gaps, but my associate in business management is now leading a team of RMB members, two trained KM professionals and an ACE IT operations officer to basically develop solutions that have mechanisms to enhance longevity. What is basically, what does this mean? What's the so what? That because of the assessment and where we are now with leading this team, we will update our processes. We will deliverable, we will deliver a searchable library system. We'll have refreshed roles and responsibilities. Those will be published and we will provide a structure and a responsible agent to assure sustainability in these work items. So do you, do you I got time for just one last simple example? Yeah, I think we can do that. Okay, so this one goes to the, uh, stems from the New York District KMR. He developed an MS team spreadsheet for the KMRs to each view their respective initiatives. So on, on you know, scratch the surface, this may seem like a simple approach, but simplicity is really good here is it's, it is, has had good effects. It's a, this, one, this one is about, for me, more behavioral change. The districts, like I said, they include their CAM initiatives in the annual program management plan, which we publish every year in, in concert with our command guidance. However, through interviewing each KMR, I, had, I found out that they were not necessarily looking at each other's initiatives. It was sort of like they did not know that they were experiencing similar challenges in their CAM initiatives. So I've recently added bi-monthly one-on-one dialogues with each KMR so I can personally help them through development of their action plans. And then the spreadsheet is now a springboard for more KMR to KMR discussions during our quarterly CAM and QM calls. It was identifying that gap where it's like, hey, we're all sort of working on the same issues, but we need to be talking to each other. So how do you drive that behavior change? And, and it was, for me, it was just a matter of saying, well, I need to invest the time one-on-one to not only at the division level note what everybody's working on and, and driving that charge, but then getting down to the, the, the KMR level at the districts and saying, let's have these conversations and discuss what we're each working on. And, and oh, by the way, on our quarterly calls, I now have a, a, dist a district KMR co-host that. All of this keeps pivoting back to people. And so it's, it's bolstering them, supporting them, getting them to share a little bit more so we can get to solutions quicker so we're not repeating some of the same, same challenges in exactly. So Aaron, if I, if I could, and I know that we're pausing to take a breath here, but, uh, and Brian's got great uh, examples of, of how this is really working. But I'd like to just take real, real briefly and pull this up to the, to the enterprise level for me, from my perspective. You know, one of the biggest success stories I see is that knowledge management is now, it's a part of the conversation. You know, when we sit down with our leaders and we sit down with folks that are decision makers, and we have meetings about what, you know, what we're doing and this, and I don't say what we're doing in knowledge management, but what they're doing in civil works or what they're doing in, in military programs. 
part of that conversation now involves a knowledge management component. We've not had the opportunity to see that in the past. And so now when we talk about resourcing and we talk about things that we need to be concerned about, you know, managing our knowledge, managing our information, managing our data, all of those things are working together. Folks a lot of times just lump all that under knowledge management. And while sometimes some folks, you know, look at that as maybe not necessarily a positive, I, I personally look at it as if we're looking at things from that perspective, of, of managing knowledge and information, knowledge management. It's part of our, starting to become a better part of our fabric in our conversation. I consider that to be a real success story for the organization. You're absolutely right. Making sure all the right people are on the team so we can share best practices, share lessons learned, and then just really connect all of the pieces. Um, speaking of connecting, as you were giving the examples, um, and I got to thinking about our interview that we had with Kevin on business process improvement. And so I was curious as to how you guys work with the business process improvement cadre to streamline some of these things and, you know, look for ways to, to do knowledge management better. You're going to probably get a myriad of perceptions on this, and, and I'll come at it from certainly from my perspective, you know, a, a good news story, certainly from my perspective is, is I regularly meet with my counterparts in business process improvement and quality management. We have a, a standing meeting where we get together and share ideas and share really how we can enable each other on an ongoing basis, how we can learn, you know, and, and one of the ways that you know, we do that is that is that our, our knowledge management reps, our quality management, and our business process representatives, they're tri-hatted. You know, it's the same, in a lot of cases, it's the same folks that are wearing each one of those hats. You know, they take one hat off for a meeting, go to another meeting, put their other hat on, whether it's KM or QM or business process. Um, so there's that kind of that enduring knowledge because we're talking the same cadre of folks. We do make every attempt we possibly can to influence what each other is doing, whether it's our documentation, our authorities, you know, whatever language we're using, we, we try to show that synergy uh, across those disciplines. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to work with two other individuals that feel the exact same way, is that we can't work on this in a vacuum. We need to be able to share. We need to be able to enable. Uh, and, and, you know, business process is just one of those, you know, that I try to enable that process as much as I can in knowledge management and vice versa. At this point, I think we have a success story. We got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of folks that we need to convince that this is actually working, but I think we have a good start. Yeah. And I think it seems to be fitting with knowledge management, you know, to, to have that good start and to, to continue to carry that through. Um, we are getting kind of close to the end of our time here today. So I do have just uh, one more thing for each of you, actually. I was I was hoping that we could find out where could our listeners find out more information just about KM in general or knowledge management. Um, and then, you know, what does the future hold? Uh, so, Brian, I'll just I'll kind of kick this off. You know, we do have resources available. You know, we have the knowledge management portal uh, that makes information available for folks that uh, are, are looking for information about what you know what positive contributions knowledge management is making to kind of the various disciplines across the organization. We have our KMR, 
cadre of folks. You know, the districts and the divisions, as well as headquarters, has knowledge management representatives that are available for folks to uh, to reach out to. We have a, a very, very robust community of practice, knowledge management community of practice, uh, and we meet regularly. You know, and we provide a significant amount of crosstalk and information as a result of that, that forum. You know, and the other thing is, when it comes to knowledge management as a discipline, you know, being an Army organization, and I, and I know I'm going to steal a tiny bit of Brian Center, I'm sure, we have available a knowledge base, an industry standard knowledge base of KM information free to USACE uh, personnel from APQC, the, uh, the Army Productivity and Quality Center. We have the ability to get in there and, and really harvest a ton of KM information. You know, we'll help do all your jobs. We'll help you understand, you know, and just make you a bit more cognizant of the, of the discipline. From my perspective, those are a couple of resources that are very easily identified and available. Mark, fabulous. Thank you for, for giving that, that late down. It was good. Um, that's spot on. I, I've got two points I want to sort of augment a little bit is the cop cop involvement cop involvement is, is such a key basic knowledge management um, behavior you get involved across that horizontal uh, plane and, and get involved in flattened um, conversations so i would say that the more that wish to you know participate in the cam cop the better i i'd love to see some other primary cops get involved the more we share the more we understand that's definitely value added. And two, my gosh, the American Productivity and Quality Center, I, I got to tell you, they have been absolutely key in our success in this region. I serve as an SME on a, on a, a fair amount of our uh, or regional initiatives with the R&D and support. And I pull from the APQC Research Library all the time because they have proven uh, studies, benchmarks, I mean, they've got like thousands and thousands of materials available to us for free. And I can go in and do a quick search and then pivot and go to my next uh, PDT meeting for the RMB and give a bunch of data or a bunch of information to the to the uh, ELDP associates that in our region support our RMB. And we get we get to solutions so much quicker because there's industry standards and practices that we deliver that that I just deliver. And it's um. That's like one of my favorite things, and not to mention the relationships I have with the people at APQC. So, Aaron, you'd ask a question about the future, and I'll take a, I'll take initial stab and 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 um, you know and, and toss it over to, to Brian. But you know, I alluded to this early on, or just a, a briefly a moment ago. What I believe the future holds is kind of kind of summed up in the idea that you know KM is now a much larger part of the fabric, a much larger part of the conversation with our leaders. You know, in the forums that I go to, you know, leadership forums that I go to in, in, in events, it, it is now part of the discussion. We've developed a strategy. Uh, we've developed a, an implementation plan for that strategy, or we're in the process of doing that and delivering how we want to do and what we want to do with respect to knowledge management across the organization. So we're we're slowly maturing as we go forward. You know, our real goal is to be able to show value. You know, the idea of, of just having a future where we can show value is critical. And right now we have that future. Again, it's a part of the discussion. Folks wanna see what we can accomplish to enable 
you know, our programs and projects. Uh, and as long as we continue to maintain that trust and, and are allowed to move forward with, you know, these ideas and concepts that we think are, you know, are, are just going to really make a difference, then I think that really shows kind of that positive way forward uh, and, give and gives folks hope that, you know, at least with this discipline, we can truly be, you know, that enabler that they expect us to be. And I, you know, I believe here at, at NAD, we'll see incremental progress. I mean, we can't, I mean, this is just my opinion. This is what I've experienced. Knowledge management people are marathon runners. And in our agency, we want to deliver projects, you know, uh, ahead of schedule and we want to do it, you know, less less than, than the budget. And and to me, that's that's a sprint. So as a KM person, I need that space to run that marathon. And so in the near future, it's not going to be enough to revolutionize the function. I mean, revolutions need multitudes of people, but I suspect we'll keep a steady course in assisting, you know, our leaders in the workforce and solution development and project execution. Well, I want to thank you both for, for being here today with us uh, and talking about knowledge management for this edition of Inside the Castle. We appreciate you and your insights. To our listeners, we want to hear from you, what topics are important to you and people you're interested in hearing from. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. Thanks for joining us for this Inside the Castle podcast. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together. All right, that's a wrap.